awesome, awesome God. Amen. And if you don't see it, you got to believe it. You got to call things that be not as though they already were. For faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. If you can see it, you don't need no faith. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. And that's why, listen, that's why when you get to heaven, you don't need faith in heaven. Because you're going to see him face to face. Can I get a witness? You're going to see him as he is. He's king of kings. He's lord of lords. Angels drop before him. And they prostrate before him. They, they praise his name. They exalt him. And all they do day and night is say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And the 24 elders, the church, going to take off their crowns that they didn't deserve and lay them back at his feet. And they're going to say he's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. Then everybody in hell that's burning going to fall to their knees while they on fire and confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of Almighty God. Jesus is going to have the last say so. Can I get a witness? Oh, he's going to have the last say so. Praise his name. This morning we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that'll be our uh, diving point. Our first scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And my operative word this morning, beginning with a C, is confusion. Mm-hmm. In uh, verse 33, for God, now the word for denotes that it's getting ready to explain something that previously has been explained. Are y'all getting this? For God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all churches of the saints. Confusion in our lives means we are in critical condition. Confusion. God has established discerning details which are directly in line with his divine will. These details are reflective of his word and reminiscent of his yeah, wisdom. And are directly connected to his way. 
that um, his principles, his peace, his power all operate within the scope of what God calls order. Order denotes there's a calm, comforting communion with no confusion involved. James tells us, for this wisdom of God, which is from above, is first pure, peaceable, easy to be entreated, and is full of mercy. And wherever there's confusion, harmony has been hampered. Peace has been preempted. And the atmosphere has come under the jurisdiction of the adversary, Satan. The word confusion in the Greek comes from a word which means discord, disturbance, or a departure from God's Peace. And we'll, we'll look at three different components, critical components of this word confusion. Mm. Let, me, let me state, because I, I like being transparent, I think truth and transparency are twins. Yeah. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Amen. You're not a disciple because you go to a class. You are a disciple because you continue in the word. And he says, and then if you continue in the word, then you will know the truth. And it's the truth that will set you free. Now, look at the inference there. God, Jesus is saying, you're not free. We're all in bondage, and only truth can set you free. Are y'all getting this? And, 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 and let me confess that for years, uh, and even now, and I struggle sometimes with confusion in my life. Not, not the church. I'm I'm sick of victims. You know, you know what a victim does. A victim wants to blame their stuff on somebody else. Are y'all are y'all are y'all praying with me this morning? We, you always have a recipient for your pain. You know, you know, my mother, my father. Well, they've been dead fifty years. How long are you gonna keep blaming them? Can I get a witness? Uh, well, the church, the pastor. The, the fact of the matter is, we. We, we come to church looking good. We, we cover all this. We cover uh, up all this hell that's in us with nice clothes. We're wounded. We're weary. We're worn out. Come on now. We got, we got some real issues. Don't we have some issues? Yeah, yeah we got some issues. We got some issues. And, and what tends to happen is that uh, we... We, we, you know, we cover it up good, and then that dead man starts walking. Lord have mercy, that flesh starts coming out. 
Have you ever seen somebody lose it and you look at them and go, where did this come from? You, where, where, what's your name? You know, you're trying, to, you're, trying to, you're trying to get a name to this demon. You understand? But the fact of the matter is, is that we all live in confusion. And God wants to rid us of our confusion. Can I get a witness? Some of us blame others so long, we can't even think of one thing from ourselves that we've done wrong. I'm going to get to you. I'm going to operate on you in a minute <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? I told him this morning, I said, Sister Gordon's a great lady, but y'all don't live with her. I live with her. So, so you say, well, I got an opinion of how she is. God bless you. Your opinion is good. But I speak ex experientially. <laughs> Can I get a witness? She is a great lady. I speak experientially. So I don't get in your mind. Stay out of mine. In the name of Jesus. We thank God for all of you. Amen. Praise his name. Praise his name. Sir. <laughs> Praise his name. So the fact of the matter is, amen, is that we, we got some problematic situations in this chapter. And the book of 1 Corinthians, listen, is 16 chapters of 16 problems. Paul is writing back to the church at Corinth. And Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. He's writing back to resolve the 16 problems. Each chapter is a problem. So by the time he gets to, listen, chapters 12, 13, and 14 all go together. They're dealing with spiritual gifts. Now, we're going to get quiet up in here because I'm going to give you context. Amen. And in the spiritual gifts, in chapter 12, he lays out the gifts. There are gifts of the Spirit. I believe there are 19 gifts of the Spirit. And and, and, and men and women, uh, amen, some have one, some have more. Uh, all saints have at least one spiritual gift. When you've been endowed and indwelt by the Holy Spirit, amen, the Bible says Jesus led captivity captive and gave gifts uh, unto men. Are you praying with me? So all of you that are saved have at least one spiritual gift, amen? And we place these gifts in three categories, uh, 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 serving gifts, diakonos, deacon, minister, Amen. Ushering, singing, uh, cooking, anything that serves is a serving gift. And, and then, and then, and then we have speaking gifts. Speaking gifts would be pastor teacher, which is a dual gift. Teaching. Amen. Amen. The word of exhortation, and that's when you build people up or you admonish them. Can I get a witness? And the word of wisdom. That's counseling. There are people that are counselors. God has called with a word of wisdom to be counselors. Can I get a witness? So all these are speaking gifts. And then the last one is sign gifts, of which my position is those signs are no longer in effect. Sign gifts, miracles, and, and, and not that God can't perform a miracle, but amen. In the first century, when Paul was living, when Jesus was here, they could walk in the graveyard and get a dead man up. Can I get a witness? You can't get a dead man up today. You can spit and call on anybody you want to call on. You go to a graveyard, sit a chair there, and just keep on doing your thing. Amen. Ain't nobody coming out that grave because God has stopped all that. You're not going to go down Atlantic City and open up the Atlantic Ocean. You, you're, you're not going to split that sea. Can I get a witness? So, so there's just some signs. Are y'all praying with me? That are no longer in use. 
And, and the problem is there are pastors and churches and evangelists that want to take the Bible, mix it all up, and let you think they are still in use. Can I get a witness? This thing is tight, but it's right. All scriptures for our information, but all scriptures not for our participation. Can I get a witness? God's not asking me to kill an animal and shed his blood on the altar of a tent. Come on now. Can I get a witness? God is not telling me to go back to Jerusalem three times a year with a sacrifice. Uh, my Jesus represents, he's my great high priest. When, when he died, I died. When, when he shed his blood, all my sins were washed away. Can I get a witness? Uh, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody up in here. Child of God. So what, one of the things we see is that uh, chapters 12, 13, and 14 deals with spiritual gifts. When you get to chapter 13, Paul says, now wait a minute, be careful, problematic church, you're in disorder. All gifts ought to be exercised in love. And love is the greatest gift. Remember that? So, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'm giving you context. Paul says, ah, prophecies will be done away with. Tongues will cease. Mm -hmm. That's in 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah, it's in 1 Corinthians 13. So when you get to verse, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul now attacks the real problem with this matter of tongue. And the word tongues is glossolalia, which means language. Language, not gibberish, not utterings, language. The context is that during this period of time, the Bible was not finished. The canon was not completed. And God gave special, listen to pastor, revelatory gifts on the spot. So if church was taking place, God could allow somebody last night to have a dream to impact the worship. God could use somebody and speak to them in a tongue, in a language that God sent to edify that flock. Yeah. God could call a prophet up, and Paul put out, in, in, the, in the context of 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, let two or three prophets speak, and let the other prophets interpret what he's saying, or judge what he's saying, because God wants us to keep order. Now, 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 now I'm a stickler in this church as pastor for order and excellence. Uh, your order, 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 order. And it's not God's will for me to be preaching from the Bible and you to break out back there with something and we got disorder. Are y'all with me? Yeah, yeah, we'll leave that one alone. All right, in the name of Jesus. So uh, the word for in verse 33 denotes there was a problem for then he moves back to God for the person of God, for God. And once he says God, he's dealing with origin. Confusion does not originate with God. My God. Back there in uh, Numbers 12, when Miriam, Moses' sister, decided she was going to confront Moses, and Miriam said, she was his older sister. She said, does God only speak through you? God don't speak through you. He speaks through me too. And God struck her with leprosy. 
that when you get out of place, out of bounds, when you cross certain lines, chastening comes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so, child of God, here's what you need to understand, that, amen, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, now listen to this language. He says, uh, prophecies will be done away with and tongues shall cease. When did that cease? Well, probably when the word of God was completed. There was no need for intermediary revelatory messages coming. Now, the amen canon, the biblios, is finished. And God speaks through his word. Do I have a witness? Uh, this word is infallible. This word is amen. It's, it's without error, that means. It, it's, 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 it's from it's God breathed. It's from the mouth of God. Can I get a witness? This is not man's opinion. God took 40 writers and inspired. The word inspired means he led them what he wanted said. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so, child of God, when you begin to, for God is not, listen, he's not the origin. He's not the operation. He's not the outcome of confusion. Yeah. So when you see confusion, on any level, God is not in the territory. I don't care how much you shout and run up down the aisle, amen, uh, with your tamarind and your false teeth, uh, chattering, whatever you're doing. God, uh, all, all we got to do is look at confusion, and God is nowhere in the vicinity. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, now, now since we understand the context, for God is not the author of confusion. I want to look at three critical components of confusion throughout the Bible. And by the way, let me say this to you. When we fight and have friction and don't agree and we tan down each other, we're talking about each other, God says, bye, I'm not in that. Are y'all getting this? We got confusion in ministry. We got confusion in marriage. We got confusion in our minds. We, we got some, some of us, some of us got so much confusion that, uh, amen, and we bring all that to hell to church. Somebody just need to say amen. amen. Ain't nobody do nothing to you. In the name of Jesus. You're dysfunctional. You've allowed your pain to become preeminent. You've, you've allowed your wounds, yeah, to tear you down. Your history is what's hurting you because you have not given it to God. Do I have a witness? So what happens is that all this stuff is internalized inside of you and inside of me. And then when something strikes the match, we let them have it. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of this anger and a lot of this, uh, 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 whatever it is on the inside that's coming out, has nothing to do with the subject or the person you're dealing with. It's coming from another source. And that's why you got to be careful with TV, because Satan will use TV to agitate. I'm preaching up in this place. To agitate something within you. I mean, if I'm going through hell in my marriage and I'm trying to pray about my marriage and I keep watching love pictures where it look like they just in love all the time. 
you know, I'm, I'm, you know, inwardly, I'm just building something up. I'm getting ready, you know. Then I, you know, why am I in this marriage? Why, why, why? I don't care what pastors say. I, you know, I saw this, you know, and child of God, Satan starts tampering with your mind. And you know, it's Satan tampering with your mind because most of the time, the ones watching the picture, they're the problem. They, 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 they just cannot, they, they listen, they cannot translate. And, and here's what I learned spiritually. When you cannot take onus, when you cannot say, uh, excuse me, I'm part of this problem. I am the problem. I was the problem. When you cannot identify yourself as the defect, you are the defect. Only the people that can say, you know what, and forget all this confession and repentance. Uh, the fact of the matter is all the people, the people that can recognize, you know what, baby, I blew, I blew that. The people that can confess, say the same thing God is saying. They're the ones that's healthy. The ones that internalize right? and, and already make up an image, you know, they reason them out, it ain't me. And, and the fact of the matter, you know, Pastor John, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. You was messed up before you came to God. You ain't blaming your mate. You was messed up before you married your mate. How many of y'all know you was messed up before you married your mate? Look, at you can't raise your hand, you liars. Look, 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 you can't raise your hand. You messed up. You messed up. That's one of the reasons you got married. You, you was hoping that this was your knight in shining armor. And you found out it was Darth Vader. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Help me, Jesus. Somebody need to preach this stuff, man. Because we, man, listen, we messed up. I messed up. Pray for me. Pray for me. I messed up. I got issues. I got historical stuff. Can I get a witness? Whatever. Three, three indicators of confusion. Turn to Genesis chapter 11. Come on, we're going to get there. Pastor loves you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 11. I want you to see this. And let, let me let me let me throw this out parenthetically now, since we on TV. Yeah, see, I save stuff from eight o'clock. <laughs> if you gonna get a tape, get the ten thirty tape. I save stuff from eight o'clock. Look, 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 look. Ah, oh, this thing is deep. See, the Bible supports. The psychological effect that when a man or woman sees God, they automatically abhor themselves. Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And once I saw the Lord, I abhorred myself. I, I hated who I was. And I got down in sackcloth and ashes. Because seeing God will make you really see yourself. 
I'm preaching up in this place. When you, when you see people that can't see themselves, it's because they can't see God. When, and don't, don't measure your life against mine. You measure your life against Jesus. And when you measure your life against Jesus, all of us coming up short. Do I have a witness? Oh, y'all can't even say amen. When, when I keep measuring my mindset, my mouth, my motives against Jesus, I keep falling short. And that makes me get on my knees and cry out to him. Oh, uh, Lord, will you heal me? Lord, will you help me? Lord, will you lift me up? Lord, I got issues. I got problems. Well, you know, I, I don't... I don't drink anymore. I don't get high. I, I'm not laying up. Who you who you comparing yourself with? In the book of Job, when God invaded Job, Job was doing great. God was bragging him up, wasn't he? He said, "Have you?" He talked to Satan. Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. He's full of integrity. He's a righteous man. And Satan told God, I'll tell you what, <laughs> let me have him. And we'll test whether he's going to, I'll make him curse you to your face. Didn't Satan say that? And, 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 and listen, you and I better thank God for the hedges around us. Because if God didn't have a hedge around you, you would have some choice words for God. Can I get a witness? If God didn't have a hedge around, I know you think you're spiritual. If God didn't put that hedge around you, you'd be cussing at heaven. You'd be waving your fists. You'd be angry all the time. But God! Job, Job was doing good. His so-called friends kept agitating him. You got to be in sin because God wouldn't do this to no man. And then finally Job said, you know what? Uh, 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 curse the day I was born. Lord have mercy. Job started his complaint and God shot down in chapter 38 and said, listen to this, who is this with dark counsel? And you know what? When we don't understand the whys and when we don't understand the fact that God's got us waiting, when we don't understand that we're wounded and messed up, uh, instead of you start accusing God, start a worship session. Can I get a witness? I dare you to start praising him. I dare you. I dare you to lift up your hands and say thank you, Jesus. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to thank you anyhow. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to exalt you because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwells therein. So by the time you get to chapter 42, <laughs> Job confesses. Job said, I'm no good. I abhor myself. He said, I had heard about the Lord with the hearing of my ears. But now in all this hell I done been through, I've seen him. And you know what? See, everybody in church don't see Jesus. You know when you see Jesus? When you are on that stormy sea and he's reaching his hand out for you. 
when things break down in your life and he's right there with you when he's walking on that sand beside you can i get a witness and you sitting there saying lord how come every time i was in trouble Lord, have mercy. You and I was walking together. I saw two foots of hand, two, two, two prints of our footprints. He said, but when I got in deep trouble, I only saw one. Lord, have mercy. Why did you leave me? And Jesus said, oh, I didn't leave you. That's when I picked you up. That's when I carried you. Can I get a witness? Anywhere Anywhere He's worthy to be praised. Here in chapter 11, here in chapter 11, here in chapter 11, here in chapter 11, the Bible says, verse 1, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, meaning time, as they journeyed from the east, they found a plains in Shinar and said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. Truly, and they had brick for stone and slime for mortar. Now watch this now, because I want you to see this. You see, confusion comes in, amen, of God's purposes. Because man has no fear of God. All the stuff you see going on in the world, man don't fear God. That, that's why they can shoot each other. That's why they can do all they do. Man don't fear God. There's no fear of God. Isaiah 1 tells us when we don't fear God, we're just open to sin. Can I get a witness? See, if you fear God, you're going to get out of that bed you ain't supposed to be in. Yeah. If you fear God, you're going to stop cutting each other down all the time. Can I get a witness? It's tight, but it's right. Uh-huh. If you fear God, you're going to live the way God made you. Yeah, don't get quiet. Now, you're not trying to change into nothing else. If you fear God, hallelujah, it ought to control your mouth, your mind, and it ought to control your money. I'll leave that one alone for right now. If you fear God. There's no fear of God. There's a sinful separation. There's a cancer. There's an independent spirit. There's a prideful self-promotion. There's a preemption of God's purposes. And the book of Proverbs says, only by pride cometh contention. That, that, that means when you see folk in friction, fighting, and all that pride, somebody reacted in pride. Pride, pride, pride. I want you to see and in this context of Genesis, the beginnings, listen, chapter 3 was the fall, chapter 9 was the flood, and now the Tower of Babel. Three terribly important things. This is, this is after the flood. And, and, and it's here that we see, amen, this word Babel in the Hebrew means confusion. The same spirit in Acts 2 that brought different languages, different people together in unity was now dividing them. God said, let us go down and see what these boys are doing, what, what, what they're up to. And I want to make this as clear. In verse 4, the first thing we see here is they were reaching. 
And they said, let us build us a city and a tower that it may reach into heaven. You know, folk that reach bring a lot of confusion. You're not contented with what you have. You want more that God didn't ordain for you to have. That's what Lucifer did in heaven. Lucifer said, five eyes, I will be like the most high God. I'll be like El Elyon. Can I get a witness? There's five eyes. Come on now. In Ezekiel 28, he says, I mean, in Isaiah 14, he says, I will, listen, I will. In other words, what he's saying is I'm taking God's place. And, 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 and child of God, when people are reaching, it's because they're not satisfied with what they have. Let that one soak in. Contentment with godliness is great price. That when you look at this, they were reaching. But secondly, they wanted an ungodly relevance. Look at verse 4. And let us make a what? A name. Let's make a name for ourselves. Interesting. Think about sinful man. We reach and we want to be relevant. And the third thing in this text, take me in chapter 4. Not only did they reach, want to be relevant, but they wanted a reputation. Lest we be scattered abroad. And then the Lord came down, verse 5, to look at this city, and God scattered them. You see what I'm saying? When we have no fear of God's purposes, confusion going to set in. And you know, people say, well, you know, pastor's hard. Yeah, I'm hard. Got to be hard. Because I am focused by the grace of God and what the Lord wants me to do. I'm a last day preacher. I was made for the last days. I ain't taking no junk off nobody. I'm going to stand flat-footed. I'm going to preach the word. Can I get a witness? And if you don't like it, time. I'm not going to compromise and I'm not going to be bought. I'm going to preach what thus saith the Lord. I'm not political. Can I get a witness? I'm 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 a preacher's word, man. And y'all out there rolling your eyes, and I see you rolling your eyes. Can't clap, messed up. And I, you know, once in a while I look at something go. Too bad. Because to Jesus. Y'all ain't getting this. I got enough to answer for. I got to stand before him and give, and, and, and give an account for stuff I already messed up on. Are y'all praying with me? I don't need more. But why didn't you preach my word? Why, did you, why were you scared of their faces? Why did you avoid things because people tired? Why? Why didn't you? The word says this, and it's clear, and you would not even mess with it. You know, to some preachers, you wouldn't go into Romans 1. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go into Romans 7. You, you, 
You wouldn't touch 1 Timothy 3. You, certain, certain scriptures you just ripped out of the Bible. You didn't preach on them. Because you didn't want to offend anybody. Lord have mercy. Fact of the matter is, is that when God's purposes are on the line, because we have no fear of God, no fear of God, no fear of God. See, I, I, was, raised, I was raised at a time, at a time, at a time. Now, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe the theology. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But I, I remember being at home and, uh, amen, and it started thundering and lightning. Bah! And my mother said, cut off that TV. Cut off that radio. Get on the floor. Shut up. How, how many of y'all was raised? I'm, God is speaking. Man, that scared the daylights out of me. You know? Now, let me tell you how deep that was. My oldest brother was a gang leader. He feared nobody in South Philly. But when it started thundering and lightning, he was crawling. Because he, listen, I'm serious. We actually thought God was burned. Well, listen, I didn't, I didn't agree with the theology, but them old folks reverenced God. Didn't they reverence God? And if you open your mouth during that thunder and smack your head off at, at God, God was talking. So I come from under the bed. Mom, is he still talking? <laughs> but the reverence. Now, here we are. In clubs, bars, getting high, fornicating, and it's thundering all outside. And we ain't never stopped, did we? Because we, we, we just didn't have that reverence. Hmm. I was preaching here yeah, about 20 years ago. I was preaching here, and it's the, the, the lightning fast. Boom! We heard this big boom, and all the lights went out. And everybody looked, and I just kept preaching in the dark. I said, look at y'all. They were sitting up there. <laughs> oh. There is confusion of God's purposes because there's no fear of God. Let me tell you, you, you better learn how to fear him. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the Lord. You better learn how to fear him. See, the world don't fear him. They dare him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better learn how to fear him. Because God is nobody to play with. He's nobody to play with. He holds the key to everything in your life. Can I get a witness? When you get in your car, he, li listen, I know what I'm talking about. He holds the key. Can I get a witness? I'm on borrowed time. I should have been dead a long time ago, but God. Hadn't had the Lord been good? And, and, and some of y'all know you shouldn't be here. And it wasn't luck either. Can I get it? It was grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that save the wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found I was blind but now I see look at the second uh, confusion that we see here 
go to, go to Numbers 13. That's to your right. Come on, let's do this quickly. We see a confusion of God's promises and provisions. Now, we've been here before. Numbers 13. Now, the first one was no fear. This one's no faith. You've got to be careful as children of God. There's a defiance. This is a reconnaissance. Uh, amen. Uh, right here. And uh, this... this uh, this report. Let me let me go back to something, Greg. I'm I'm glad I looked at you. Now I was dealing with these languages, these tongues. Yeah. Paul said in First Corinthians thirteen, when I was a child, I thought as a child, understood as a child, but when I became a man, teleos complete, I put away childishness. That that has nothing to do with your physical maturity. That scripture's in the context of gifts. He's saying tongues and dreams and prophets are baby food. That's what babies do. Babies get caught up in the outward ecstatic stuff. When you mature, Lord have mercy. When you grow in Christ and get mature in this word, you take the word at face value. And after 1 Corinthians, there's 20 books of Revelation. No more mention of tongues. In the context of all churches, Thessalonica, Philippi, Ephesus, so forth, so on. No more mention. You, you will not find the word tongue after 1 Corinthians. Ask yourself why. Not, it ceased. It ceased. Now, praise the name of Jesus that I've ticked off three-fourths of the TV audience. We shall now move on to my second point, and that is the confusion of God's promises, no faith. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 1, when you get home, 19 and 24, God never told them to send spies in the land. He said, the land is yours. I'm giving it to you. I'm the one that's going to take it over. It's yours. It's fertile. Milk and honey. It's a great land. You don't have to do it. You don't have to fight. I, I mean, you don't, you don't have to fight for it. I'm going to give it to you. Listen to pastor. But they came back to God and said, can we send 12 spies in? Now, let me tell you, and I'm, I'm, this deference is deep. You got to be careful that you don't mistake seeing something feeling something, knowing something with faith. See, the fact that they wanted to send spies in was not to affirm, confirm, and praise God. It was, well, I don't know if we want to take him at his word. All right. We need to see something. Are y'all getting this? And God knew it. And sometimes in our lives, don't always wait to see something. Faith is the seven things. Hopefully, you got to call things by faith that be not. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't imagine it. But, but listen, but, but you believe it. I believe that God is going to bless me. I believe that God's going to open up a door. I believe that God's going to make a way out of nowhere. I believe, I believe, I believe. I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't hear it. But I believe it. You got to take him at his word. 
Can I get a witness? And child of God, here, here, there was a major failure. They failed because they failed to believe God. Much of our confusion is linked to our lack of faith. Our fears, our frictions, our failures jumping away and we have a lack of faith. So they found this fact-finding committee of 12, 10 were unfaithful, 2, Caleb and Joshua faithful, and they went in and they saw this problematic situation. Listen, they got into the land, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay it out for you. And, and listen, this is indicative of, of us as well. God has been quietly saying he's going to take care of things. That is, that's not good enough for us. I, I, need to, I need to see something. Be careful. Be careful that you don't put God on the spot. The word tempt, do not tempt the Lord. Can I get a witness? Uh, Satan tempted Jesus when he said, since, Matthew 4, since you are the son of God. The word since means if in the Greek. Since you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. You're hungry. You haven't eaten in 40 days, 40 nights. You know you're hungry. Turn these stones into bread. Now, Satan is not going to ask that of a human being because he don't have no power to turn stones into bread. And Jesus looked at Satan and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of mouth of God. What is, what is Jesus saying to Satan? First of all, it's more important for God for us to obey him than to be fed by him. Oh, y'all ain't getting this. This is over your head. It's over your head. So Satan says, okay, that didn't work. Let me try part two. And he does the same thing in your life. When he can't get you this way, he comes this way. Can I get a witness? I, I, you know, and y'all heard this. I'm going to get out your way. I'm, I'm a stickler for the History Channel. I'm a stickler for the Nature Channel. I sit there for hours just looking at things. And, and when I hear in the Bible about wolves and lions, and then I look at the, I look at the uh, uh, Nature Channel, and I'm sitting there shaking my head, tears rolling down my eyes because God is so wise. And when you understand the wolf pack, the wolves don't hunt individually. It's about 30 of them. 25 to 30, there's one alpha male who controls the whole pack. Can I get a witness? And instinctively, they don't go to school for this. They're born with this. Instinctively, they come up, they come up on animals, listen, and, and, and what they do, they sit there and they're trying to spot one that's weak or sick or something is wrong with them, and they earmark that and child of God as a saint of God. Satan is looking for the ones that are not in the Word, the ones that are sick, the ones that are weak, the ones that are defiant, the ones that are angry, the ones that are hit and miss, so he can come at you. And what those wolves do is that um, if it's 25 wolves, three will shoot out at 30 miles an hour, and they'll run the herd this way. And the herd is running. They don't attack them. They're just running them this way. And in the running, they're looking for those that are vulnerable. I'm preaching up in this place now. So they run them this way, and then three more will run them back this way. And then three more will run them this way. And then three more will run them this way. And, and by the time they got you running all over the place, they've already identified who they're going to bring down. 
It's all instinctive. So you come to church and Satan says, I'm going to run them in their marriage. I'm going to run them with their money. I'm going to run them with their children. I'm going to run them about their job. And as he's running you, instead of you just being still and seeing the salvation of the Lord, you keep running to and fro, worrying about everything. And what Satan wants to do is tire you out. He wants to get you tired of praying and tired of reading the word and tired of trusting Jesus, tired of coming to church, then he moves in on you. And we've been tired. Can I get a witness? Tossed to and fro. Haven't you been tired at times? Haven't you felt like giving up? Haven't you felt like turning around? Haven't you felt like walking out? But God is good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out you. I'm getting out you. I'm getting out you. I got to go to Home Depot. I'm getting out you. Look at chapter 13, verse 17 to 20. They talk about the cities. 13 to 20, come on, chapter 13. Are you with me? Yeah. Numbers 13, 13 to 20. And he's talking about, amen, no, no, let me, no, 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 no numbers. Num, num, am I in numbers? Am I in numbers? I, I guess they running me to and fro. And anyway, move right along, it'll come back. He's dealing with this matter of cities. When you get to verse 18 and see the land, what is in it, the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. See, this report is a bad report because what it's doing, it's letting them measure whether they can do it. When God already said he was going to do it. You, you, you got to take stuff out of your hands that belong to God and put it in God's hands. Can I get a witness? You and I don't have the power to make nothing happen. Do I have a witness? And then in verse 23, we see the clusters, the valley of Eshcol. Look, 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 look at verse 23. And they came unto the brook of Eshcol. That means cluster of grapes. They cut down the biggest grapes they ever saw. Pomegranates, figs. Look at 28. And then the consequence of their evaluation was this. Nevertheless, after all of these compliments, all of these great blessings of God, nevertheless, the people are strong, here's their report, that dwell in the land. The cities are walled. That means they're high. Very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak. The giants were in there. Now, let me stop. We do the exact same thing. We look at the opposition, we look at the difficulties, and not the deliverance. We keep measuring whether we can get over this wall, whether we can get through the wall. Are y'all praying with me? And child of God, well, what they did, they, they verse 31, I'm, I'm coming in, verse 31, come on now. But the men that went up with him said, we be not 
able to go up against the people, for they are what? Now, 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 let's stop. Let's 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 stop and pause. Now, you know, Caleb comes along. Caleb said, "Foolish, we can do it." In the name of the Lord. There's some challenges that God's going to put in your pathway that, listen to me, take this one out the door with you. There's some challenges that God's going to allow to be in front of you that when you look at yourself, it's impossible for that thing to be moved. God's going to allow it. So you learn not to, look, look, not to look in, but to look up. Can I get a witness? When trouble comes and you look in, you're going to get further depressed. Are y'all praying with me? But all you got to do is start looking up. Um, Psalm 121 says, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Can I get a witness? And so, child of God, I'm, I'm almost finished. Look at, look, at, look at verse 33. Are you with me? And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak. Sons of Anak, which come of the giants, demonized seed, by the way. And we were, look at this perception, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. All Satan got to do is show you the wrong thing. And it reflects what you see in you. You got people that come to church every Sunday, they are shattered destroyed, emotions messed up. They've been through something. And instead of letting Jesus be their healer, they keep trying to deal with, in their own wisdom, the stuff that have devastated them. And when, when they have no, listen, and when we have no amen, uh, uh, and when we have no success with what I'm struggling with, I strike out at you. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. So my striking at you is because I got something on the inside that's messing me up. And I need somebody to blame so that I don't blame myself. Because my stronghold, 2 Corinthians 10, which are a self-protective device, I've had this thing in play for years. Are you praying with me? So if Sister Gordon leave, it ain't my fault. I'm fine. I've already said that before I got married. Can I get a witness? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to be real with you. Can I get a witness? Child of God, we already got the strongholds up. And the strongholds are what we erected. To protect ourselves, to protect our insecurities, to protect, uh, this is psychology 102. Here's what God wants to do. The buck stops here. No longer am I allow you to hurt yourself. I'm going to bring healing in now. What happened to your mommy and your daddy and what happened to your grandma ain't happening to you. You under the blood of Jesus. You under this word of God. I'm going to end this thing. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to metamorphosize you. I'm going to change you. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to renew you. Mm. Look 
could have found all confusion, turn to Acts chapter 7. Not a confusion of no fear, no faith, but no fellowship. Confusion of God's peace. I'm coming in. 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 You know why y'all keep coming back? Because this is therapeutic preaching. It's therapeutic. It's theology, but it's therapeutic. And while I'm preaching, I'm getting healed. Because I messed up too. Can I get a witness? Uh, uh, look, look at Acts chapter 17 as we close. I mean, Acts chapter 7, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 7. Acts, I don't have no Bibles. Acts chapter 7. And the story is about Stephen, who was a great man of God. Look at verses 51 to 53. We see a resistance of the Holy Spirit. Now look at 51 to 53. Look what it says. This thing is deep. Mm -hmm. Stephen is preaching. Stephen is filled with the Holy Ghost. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you do always, here it is, resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So are you doing. You see that? Child of God, when our fellowship with God has been fractured and we keep resisting God, confusion comes in. God will allow a whole bunch of stuff to break out in your life so you come crawling back to him. I, you, you know what? Some, some, sometimes, sometimes our loved ones, and, and I'm a parent, and I know you're a parent. You love your kids. I love mine. Sometimes it's God's will for us to let our children suffer what they created. Are y'all getting this? Y'all hey, know what our parents, you know what our parents did? Man, are you kidding? My mother used to say, you make your bed hard, you're going to lay in it. How many of y'all heard that? Come on now. And if you bail them out every time they get in trouble, they never learn a lesson. Now they are incumbent upon you. What do you think going to happen when you die? Who going to bail them out? Can I get a witness? I, I'm not talking about leaving them there because we love our kids. You don't want to leave them there, but every once in a while, as long as it's not too traumatic, let them go through something. Can I get a witness? Let them, let them go through some heat. Let them go through some trials. Let them go through some tribulation. Don't always show up with money and don't always show up getting them out of trouble and don't always show up with your hands. No, once in a while, stand back. And let them feel the heat of their own doing. Can I get a witness? See, our parents sound, now, now, now that we look back, they sound cold. You what's wrong with you? Oh, mom, my marriage ain't working. Well, you married him. You, you married him. That's right. Going home, work it out. Now that sounds cold. This thing is deep. In the name of Jesus. Whew. Boy, my mother said, I don't mean no harm. Here it come. Here it come, Doc. Here it come. 
Here it comes. And, and you know what? I thank God that I was raised by parents who, who were structured. And, and listen, they didn't bite their tongue. I'm so glad I had parents like that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm glad. I wasn't glad at the time. But I look back now and I'm glad, Doc. Can I get a witness? This thing is tough. We was in church, man. This is in the 50s. We in church. I'm a little boy in church. I got my little Sunday school money. I'm in the back with them little girls. And my mother was ushering. She was in that center aisle, but with white gloves on. And she, all she did, she just looked at me like this and said, You know what that nod meant? You know what that nod meant? That nod meant, Negro, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> y'all know what the nod meant. How many of y'all know what the nod meant? She ain't had to say a word. And, and when she nod, I did like this, look. Lord have mercy. There's a resistance. Oh, God. Yeah, our parents would have been in jail today, right? There, there, there's, there's a rebellion, 54 to 60. Look at this. The rebellion is when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. He called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised. And you don't say it to no Jews, though. And look, he being full of the Holy Ghost, verse 55, looked up steadfastly into heaven. They're getting ready to kill him. And this is the first time in Scripture that Jesus ever stood up. Jesus stood up in heaven as an approval of his faithfulness. My God. And the Bible says, and look, 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 and they, and they killed him. They cast him out. They killed him. They stoned him. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and as they stoned, look how deep God is, verse 58. As they stoned him, they laid his clothes down at a young man's feet called Saul. Saul killed Christians. Can I get a witness? And, and the Bible says, verse chapter 8, verse 1, Saul was consenting unto his death. Verse 3, Saul made havoc of the church. Can I get a witness? No fear, no faith, no fellowship. Just a bunch of confusion. But one day, Saul had to go to Damascus to get papers to lock Christians up. And on the way, at noontime, the Bible says that the sun... Amen. The S-O-N was brighter than the S-U-N. And a voice came out of heaven and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And do I have a witness? See, God will let you run a while. God will let you do your thing a while. God will let you act up a while. 
but somewhere on your road, Jesus is going to meet you. Somewhere down the line, Jesus is going to outshine you. Somewhere down the line, Jesus is going to blind you. Somewhere down the line, Jesus is going to knock you off of your donkey. And the Bible says, can I get a witness? That Paul remembered this conversion experience. But it was from confusion that conversion came. Do I have a witness? There may be conversion in your marriage. Well, why do I have conversion in my marriage? I'm glad you asked. There's a lack of commitment. There's a lack of covenant. There's a lack of cohesion. There's a lack of covering. There's a lack of cooperation. There's a great deal of conflict. You're too critical of each other. And Jesus is saying all that spells confusion. Humble yourselves. Can I get a witness? There's confusion in my mind. A president's from God's wisdom. A no priority of God's worship. No passion of God's will. No power of God's word. Can I get a witness? Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Can I get a witness? Confusion comes in when we got our own purposes and no fear of God. Can I get a witness? When we refuse the promises, no faith in God. Do I have a witness? And it comes in when we have uh, uh, no peace of God because our fellowship has been cracked. But I dare you to let go and let God. I dare you to stand on his word and stop sitting in the premises. I dare you to trust him with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. I dare you, I double dare you, I triple dare you to let go and let God. Can I get a witness? And the Lord will, amen, show up. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will turn your life around. The Lord will fill you. The Lord will give you fulfillment. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praise him. Praise him. Praise my Savior. Oh, 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 oh. The day long. No fear. No faith. No fellowship, confusion, for God is not the God of confusion. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't act like the devil. Father, we thank you, praise you, and exalt you for your word. 
If there's someone under the sound of my voice that needs to be saved, you want Jesus to come into your life and save you, just raise your hand. He died for your sins, was buried and rose again. Simple as ABC, admit, believe, and confess. Is there one you want to give your life to Christ? Or perhaps you want to join the church in Christian spirit. Is there one? Love to have you. Is there one? Father, we pray as we transition into a totally separate, totally strategic celebration of your supper. We pray that you would give us humble hearts, humble minds, humble wills. Forgive us of anything not like you. Forgive us of our sins in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, Luke 22, shh, no, don't reach yet. Luke 22 shows us a transition from the Passover, amen, to the Last Supper. And Jesus identifies in Luke 22 this most important matter when he said, I want you to hear this. It's interesting. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. He sent Peter and John, verse 8, to go. And then as they were fellowshipping with Jesus, Jesus takes a point, a separate point in time, amen, to institute the Lord's Supper. And the institution of the Lord's Supper is that his body symbolically, amen, was given on the cross for our sins. They nailed him. They punctured his side with a spear. Amen. They, uh, his body is, is, is symbolic of, amen, our offering, our sinless offering, our sacrificial offering. And then his blood is the blood of the new covenant, covenant of grace. And God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Amen. So as we partake, this is symbolic. If you're not saved, do not partake. You will be eating and drinking damnation to your soul. Amen. I want you to reach into the baskets and get the flask out. Just pull out the wafer. The wafer is symbolic of his body. And as we partake, let's think about this great sacrifice. And then the third cup of the wine was the institution of the Lord's Supper. Let's do this quietly. No movement. Praise God. Amen. All right. We'll take the wafer, which is symbolic of his body. It's all symbolic, symbolism. Praise God. Let's just hold it in our hand. Hold up. Praise Jesus. Somebody help Brother Bean. Uh, Ernie, help Brother Bean. We good now? Praise Jesus. All right. Let's let's thinking about his death on the cross. Let's all partake, discerning his body in in the wafer. Amen. Now let's partake of the grape juice, which is symbolic of his blood of the new covenant.
Amen. And as often as you do this, you show remembrance of me. The key word is remembrance until I come back. Let's stay on our feet. Thank the Lord for our choir. Thank the Lord for all of you. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is not the God of confusion.